All right, guys, today is super fun. Um, I have, I mean, I must say the most special guest I've had on here. Um, Shannon Frazier has been a best friend for 15-ish years. Um, we met in high school and have had such fun decades together ever since. She is also a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so what I want to do throughout this season, now that we're on video, um, rather than me just sitting here giving you guys a sermon about what's going on in my life, um, I want to do some solo episodes with her so you guys can keep up with what's going on with me. Um, and, you know, she knows more about me than most people. So we're just going to have honest conversations about like what I've been noticing on social media, what some patterns are that I need to work through in my life, some struggles, some great stuff, whatever's going on, just to keep you guys in the loop of my life and talk through it with somebody who not only walks it with me in real time, but also counsels people for a living. So we're going to talk about topics that are affecting me personally and that she and I see both in her practice and just sort of in the world online where people are talking about their relationships, the good and bad and ugly. So um, it's going to be really fun. They'll be a little bit shorter than the interviews, um, ju just so that if y'all don't have time for like an hour long deal, you can put these on in the car. And I really hope that they mean something to you. Um, I hope that you'll send us topics that you're struggling with or are excited about or dealing with, and we can cover them um, on these episodes that I think we're going to call kind of counseling because it kind of felt like counseling but with my best friend so y'all enjoy this first episode with shannon frazier all right guys this is a really fun episode for me you heard a little bit about why i want to do this in the intro um so you're gonna get a few of these kind of counseling episodes um with shannon and me over the course of season two and i know i gave you a bit about her um again in the intro but want to welcome Shan to the studio, Thank who Thank is my bestie and our resident <laughs> uh, therapist. It's true. Friend group therapist. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like force you to do this with me regularly no, over no. wine. So like this is a much more <laughs> formal situation. Yeah, and I, I know. appreciate it. I know. Where's the wine? Yeah. I, well, it is morning, but you know, wouldn't put it past us. <laughs> and what's cool is I'm going to throw y'all, if you're watching the YouTube, if you're just listening, go look it up later. I'm going to throw y'all some of our favorite high school mm. Uh, throwback photos. We have what? That's your 18th. That birthday? is 18th birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of volume. Side part in your is hair. very strong. I don't even. You can't even <laughs> see that I have it on the right side of my head. And then Halloween, oh, which you I know remember that is always a favorite. Yeah. I what was the song we always did? It was um, I'm not gonna remember it. Low. That's not appropriate. But that wasn't the one I was thinking about. <laughs> Homecoming. Oh yes. Yes. The theme was was get laid, no. which I feel very uncomfortable about now. Hold on, it was not. As a as an adult Why with moral ethics. Why can't now go to school here and they just did this, it's the same theme this year and it's um, it's just luau. I think we oh. sh we went with get laid. Okay, that well. That was, yeah, that was something that we did. I don't think our, our forgive teachers. Forgive us, Jesus and Denise. <laughs> that was not appropriate at 17. And prom, which is probably Always the best. Yep. So anyway, Shan has been, what we've been friends, what, what was that? 20 years almost, 15? Yep. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do professionally now that they've seen our, yes. our personal <laughs> history. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> There's a professional side too. Um, so I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I work mainly with couples, and then I see some individuals too. Um, I work right here in this area um, and do that three days a week and then home with my kids the other two, but it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Working with couples through why do you love stuff. it? Oh, for so many reasons. I can't remember who said this. It may have been Brene Brown, who I 
plan to quote multiple times throughout this process. <laughs> um, she said, you can't hate people close up. And I, I think it's quote. just so easy to judge people. Um, you know, we just, we have these preconceived notions of people that we see and you watch people work through their mess and their hardships. And it's just, it's the most beautiful thing. It mm. truly is. And you watch people realize things about themselves, about yeah. their partners, about their lives. And it's just really cool to be a witness to that. Yeah. It's super awesome. You're great at it. Well, thank you. I, I can you. say not as a formal client ever, but as you my know, main client, your main yeah. client. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mentioned this before we started, but kind of what made me want to do this throughout the season is number one, I want to like, I want all of our followers to get to know me a little better. And I want to be transparent about, you know, good stuff, hard stuff, yeah. interesting stuff that's happening in my life. And Absolutely. you probably know more of those details <laughs> than anyone except maybe Connor, although I bet you probably have some stuff on him <laughs> that just hasn't come out yet. Um, so uh, personally, this is just fun for me and I hope for all of y'all. Um, and then also I, I what really spurred it to is I read an article a couple of months ago that was it was entitled like over therapized or something mm. like I don't even know if that's a real word, but it was well, something along the lines be. of like with social media has become, you know, or with social media has come great progress in people like not just embracing mental health and therapy specifically, um, which is a wonderful thing. But it's almost like the pendulum has swung so far that like mm -hmm. it's like anything. People think they're experts in something because they've heard two terms. You know what I mean? Well, there's so many books and the, yeah. everything. We have yeah. so much access to information. So now. I think part of what I want to do is take this opportunity to bring our listeners into subjects that, you know, I'm walking through in real time that you yeah. see in real time um, and sort of inform them in that way and just give them a way to maybe have some questions answered that they haven't had access, you know, to a yeah. therapist to ask. Yeah. And I'll be the guinea pig. So, awesome. Like I said, Bring it's, it it's kind of counseling. Kind of counseling. And it's it's kind of like we're just having cocktails. <laughs> so we'll see where we land. Um, so the first thing I kind of have been thinking about um, is this idea of processing is like a word that I feel like I've recently heard or seen a lot of people be like, I just need time to process it. Mm. And I think what, why I wanted to talk about this is I know that that is, is a habit, is a practice that will help in all of our relationships if we learn how to do it. But I also like see people say that and I'm like, does that just mean you don't want to deal with it? So right. that's sort of like <laughs> the jumping off point. So I guess as, as a therapist, if I'm a client and you're like, okay, let's talk about how you process things. Like, what does that mean? Like, where do you even start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so many people can define it in different ways, but I think at the end of the day, and I wrote this down, it's the act of taking time to sit with your feelings and thoughts. Like mm. it is that simple. Like it is just taking the time and space to say, what is going on right now yeah. internally? How do I work through this? Yeah. It's kind of like untangling the mental mess of whatever the situation may be. Yeah. Just, I mean, to put it simply, like digesting what's it's digesting. sitting in front of you. Absolutely. Um, I, of course, because I'm a nerd, looked up definitions. Mm, always. Um, Webster says to integrate sensory information that is received so, to the, so that an action or response is generated. And then the, I looked it up on a Psychology Today, and it said a series of actions or operations or thoughts taken toward achieving a particular end. And I don't know why, without like going, we're not going to nerd out the whole time, right. but like... Th those were interesting to me because I 
maybe because they appealed to me. Like the idea of doing it for an end or for a desired outcome maybe made it seem more feasible to me because it's like, okay, if this is the situation, how do I hope for it to be resolved? Or right. what do I, you know, what is the outcome I would like for me and whomever is involved? And maybe that is a good direction. It's just a good finish line to help me work toward. Because if you're just like, let's just sit in your feelings, I'd be like, okay, podcast over, bye. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. If I just have to sit in my feelings, I am not yeah. here for that. But is that, do process. you agree with that? Like, should we, is that the approach? Or is that like mechanizing it too much? So in a way, I think, yes, it, it's a little rigid. Mm -hmm. And here's why. I think the idea of an end, if anything, I would change the definition to, that would change the word end to goal. Okay. We can have goals in our processing. Yeah. End is very finite, yeah. right? Like how do, if, if it doesn't involve anyone else, then maybe you can have an end with yeah. it. But ultimately it's like, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. What is my goal in processing this? Like, what am I looking for? Mm -hmm. What is my intention here? Yeah. So maybe the, the goal, I do like that change, really can just be for someone who, you know, maybe isn't accustomed to this or hasn't done counseling or hasn't practiced this like like I was before I had to do trauma counseling. Right. Maybe the goal is really just to be able to experience and really name and like accept whatever the feeling is. And that seems so elementary, but I do think it's really hard for people who haven't had a catastrophic reason to have to learn how to do that. Absolutely. It is hard. Or just maybe we're, we're raised in an environment where, you know, emotions weren't vocalized. Like, I just think there's a lot of reasons people could stumble. Well, of course. A lot of times when we're processing, too, we're talking about difficult situations, mm -hmm. right? Like, I need time to process. That doesn't, it's not usually like, oh, I need time to process the fact that this really cool thing is happening. Yeah, right. I mean, that can be the case, <laughs> but for the most part, for the most part, we need a minute yeah. to figure out what we're dealing with when it's something difficult. So when we're sitting with difficult emotions, no one wants to do that. Yeah. Right? I'm a counselor. This is what I do for a living. <laughs> I don't like sitting with my, that makes me quote, feel negative yeah. emotions, right? Like, it's, it is hard for me to say, uh, I'm dealing with this. I need a second to sit and process mm -hmm. it. It's not supposed to be easy. Yeah. Right? Like, working through, th through things and becoming stronger. Yeah. And, you know having self-awareness mm -hmm. requires discomfort. Yeah. So processing can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And probably for the most part, it is. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, you know, aren't most things. Like, it's, exactly. I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, I didn't want to do this burpees in my workout this morning. Right. But it's like that, in a way, is a spiritual exercise, like a mental spiritual exercise. Yes. And I think something that I'm really interested in to hear from you is, you mentioned, like, typically if you're processing something, it's, it's not a positive emotion. Right. So I want to know, like, how, from kind of a bird's eye view, would it look different if I'm processing, like, capital T trauma, like mm. I went through, mm -hmm. little t trauma, like, you know, for example, when dad came out about his CMT and he's having a hard time and that's public for our family right. and, like... You know, how do we deal with that and support him, but, you know, keep the, you know, right. boundaries and all these things. And then, like, the kind of lower level, which is probably what we deal with most, is just, like, everyday conflict. Right. Which we all we have to process all of this. Right. Things, but right? in different ways or just, like... Mm, I think if you really boil it down, it probably is the same. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, like, sitting with hard emotion. Big T trauma. You guys can 
come up with a million things that are like really traumatic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for example, with Ben, that's not something that most people can do on their own. Right. Right. Our brains aren't even functioning in an appropriate way to be able to deal with that. And if you think about it too, we were created for Eden. Like we're not Mm, supposed to experience this. So in those situations, I would tell anyone, you need to go see a therapist. Yeah. Right. Like we just, we don't have the tools Mm -hmm. or the capacity. Yeah. In, in big trauma to be able to process yeah. that. Also, as a brief aside, can I can you talk about brain spotting and what that is? Oh, yeah. Since we're on capital yeah. T trauma. We don't have to go into a whole thing about it. But that was the first thing I did after Ben passed was was brain spotting, which Shannon does as well. Um, and if, I would just say this. If anyone's in a spot like that, it is so powerful. Like, I can't tell you enough like to me it just feels like you know know. voodoo magic because I don't know how it works but (laughs) she'll explain it and it's scientific and it it broke chains free from me like could not remember do you remember me saying this like I I I couldn't like I know I didn't have memories of him like it was like my brain locked them up to protect me exactly yeah and this treatment was it was like a waterfall like it just came back I'm not (laughs) articulating it well because it felt like a miracle but just touch on just if people yeah. are in that spot that there is something that can really break that mental hold that you may be experiencing. Absolutely. Okay, so you know, you can brain spot smaller things too, but totally, when it totally. comes to big trauma, it, I'm going to say this and it, it's weird to say, but I have been doing this for let's see, brain spotting, gosh, 6 years now. And it blows me away every time wow. to watch my clients come in and say, I feel like a new person. Mm-hmm. I am not. These things that were so triggering to me yes. are not affecting me at all anymore. And I know the science behind it, but it truly is incredible. Yeah. Um, so brain spotting is this completely holistic approach. There's nothing attached to your brain. There's no, no. chemicals or IVs or no, anything you, weird like, like listen that. listen to beach sounds. You have bilateral sounds in so that it stimulates both sides of the brain. And we basically take a pointer that a teacher would use, you know, when they're pointing out a whiteboard mm-hmm. and move it within um, certain eye range. And from there, we can kind of pick up, oh, hey, we've hit a brain spot. Mm-hmm. We've hit a spot. And so I, I'm going to try not to get really nerdy because when I talk about <laughs> the brain, I, I you can. get on another <laughs> level. But um, we have multiple parts of our brain, but the prefrontal cortex is the part of our brain where we are able to make adult decisions. Mm -hmm. It's probably not a good idea for me to do X because Y is happening or I need to pick my kids up from school, Mm -hmm. so I need to leave here at this time. And then the base of our brain is where we store trauma. Um, Our prefrontal cortex can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Again, from my personal perspective, we were not created. Yeah, We weren't created for trauma. And so it goes into the base of our brain, which essentially affects our entire body. Right, and that's when people have anxiety and depression and chronic pain mm-hmm. and bipolar, and and not to say that those things can't be caused f- from other, you know, genetic issues or whatever. But brain spotting allows us to find those points and help you release mm-hmm. essentially this trauma spot yeah, yeah. through your pre- through your prefrontal cortex, so you process it. So right. it's uncomfortable in that. You talk about oh, processing. The, the experience <laughs> is horrific. Like, it, it, and I was prepared for that. You prepared me, my therapist. I mean, yeah. you, from the non-scientific experiential perspective, it it puts you back in mm-hmm. the scene of the trauma, mm-hmm. and you feel everything that you felt in that moment. And yeah. in doing so, 
it's it just like the word we used before to me at least it felt like I digested mm-hmm. the sorrow and pain and fear emotions yeah. out of it and now I can be there and still obviously grieve the moment and the situation and and feel sad that it happened but it doesn't send me into a tailspin I think that's that's exactly right yeah and I could notice the difference where before you would kind of lock up yeah when we were trying to talk about it yeah and afterward how many times did you do it Two or three. Okay, I was gonna say you did it a couple of times yeah. at least. Um, you could talk about it, experience it, mm-hmm. feel sad, yes. but it not be this traumatic experience where yes. your whole body is yeah. kind of seizing up talking about trauma. Yeah, like it, you were able to process it to it became a fact of what happened. Correct. You could feel your emotions, correct. but they weren't overcoming. Yes. I felt like I could be in that moment in that scene more as a character than a victim of yes. the feelings that, yeah. that happened in real time. So anyway, that was a, a bit of an aside on that, but I think it's powerful enough that if people are in a big T trauma or in a little T, just in, you do. You can do it for all sorts yeah, of things. Anything, yeah, anything. Um, that that's a powerful option um, and to, to, to ask a therapist if that's something they're certified in or to refer you to somebody who can Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Okay, that's my endorsement for brain spotting. Brain spotting. Um, but kind of to bring it back to the everyday level in like life right now, obviously we're, you've been married... 11 years? Yes. Yes. I was such a skinny, muscular child at your wedding. I was a child at my wedding. It was such a great dress. Anyway, (laughs) um, so now, obviously, we've always, like, been in each other's lives. But I do, I look to you as a trusted friend, and I look to you as someone a decade plus ahead of me in a marriage. And we've had lots of conversations this summer just about, like, communication and conflict styles and the processing is, again, kind of what brought me here is that I'm learning not just how – I've learned kind of how I need to process emotions. But right. especially when you enter a marriage or a relationship or even, you know, a close working relationship with someone, people process stuff so differently mm-hmm. and on such different time scales. So I think this I just want to start like <laughs> where if you don't know how you – how you best process information. Like if I come to you and I'm like, this is the situation with my spouse. This is the situation with my partner at work. And there's tension or conflict. And I'm like, and you said, okay, well, let's, let's work. Let's process through what happened. I'm like, I don't need, like, how do I learn how I do it? You know, like some people are verbal processors. I don't think I'm a verbal processor. Maybe I am, but I think you, yeah, I think you process and then you talk about it. Yes, but yeah. you know, I'm saying some people have to just they have to get speak it out, or it's like yes. a hamster wheel. Yes, that's so. Me. Is it just kind of trial and error? Like as far so as the question, is it trial and error as far as figuring out with your partner, figuring out yourself first? Oh, figure out yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would think for the most part, when you could sit here right now, whether you're in your car or at work or whatever it is, and say. When something happens and it comes up and it feels overwhelming, mm-hmm. what is my move? What do I do? Yeah. So just and I think back. from What's there, your first you, move? right? So do you run to someone yeah. to be like, "Hey, I need to process this with you," mm. or talk to you? You may not even say process. Or yeah. do you get quiet? Do you yeah. withdraw and you start thinking about it yourself? Mm. Or do you just shut down? Yeah. Probably our, our three. Yeah. The three options. So start look at the patterns of when something right happens that is discomforting. What's your first move and honestly I would this may not be technical but I would add to it I think what I've noticed is I'm a like physical physical processor Mm -hmm. like I have to when I've have anxiety which is not a lot but then when I do have it it's so clear that something's going on 
that I need the body part to work out. Like Absolutely. I need to walk, I need to spin, I need to, and that like just brings my mental temperature down enough to be totally. like, okay, what am I actually feeling? Well, and great self-awareness. It's one of the best things you can yeah. do when you feel overwhelmed, like move your body. Yeah. So once we learn that, okay, say, so here's the situation, like Connor and I had to sit down a few weeks ago to do some paperwork for like a financial mm -hmm. thing we're doing. And he came into it kind of rough day at work, like whatever. So gave him an hour to kind of unwind. And then I was like, okay, well, we need to do this paperwork. He just didn't want to do it. And I was like, it's literally due tomorrow. Like two we days ago, you asked me, could we do it Thursday instead of Tuesday? And I said, I'm happy to do that. But just so you know, like we won't have another option. So anyway, that was a scenario. He comes in very frustrated. The computer is not working. So he's like <laughs> banging on the computer trying to do the Excel. And I said, I was like, I get you don't want to do this right now. I'm sorry, but we have to. Like, can you please try to not bring your frustration into this situation. Right. And <laughs> he did try. And then to no avail, fr frustration explodes. Like, Just I feel like, and I'm sitting there like, I could have done this so much more efficiently, obviously. <laughs> and so this is like a, this is a, no this is a nothing situation. And there right. was no fighting about the actual finances or the document or anything like that. But I think this is what spurred in my mind. Like, once that happened, I, my impulse is to sit there until we talk it out uh -huh, and uh -huh. get the resolution and make sure we're good. And he needed to go outside for 25 minutes and God bless him. He is a great communicator and he's very aware of his emotions. And yeah. he said, I'm do I, I don't, I'm not doing this because I'm mad at you. I'm doing this because I need 20 minutes to like figure out what I want to say. Right. And that frustrated the hell out of me. So I guess I'm like, if we came to you, and I get it now, obviously we're good and this is a silly example, but I think these are the, the things that happen most often, right? It's like, yeah. my partner needs time and I feel for 20 minutes like, okay, this marriage is unraveling because we can't come to a solution here. Yeah. So like, how do we manage different processing times? Because that's what that was. I mean, oh, in 100%. retrospect. Oh, 100%. Well, first of all, welcome to marriage. Yeah, great. I don't think... I mean, this is not true, but I very rarely see people that have same similar yeah. processing yeah. times. And there's a reason for that. You know, we're like attracted to people who yeah. are opposite of us. Yeah. Um, second, I'm just going to throw this out there as a little bit of marriage advice. Never talk about money when flustered. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's not that there was anything crazy at going the bottom. On, but yeah. yes, asterisk <laughs> at the bottom. Um, yeah. So this is, I mean, truly probably the majority of what I see where people have different processing times and ways that they process and you are a resolution girl you know like it's Always. just there's something really comforting about yeah having the resolve yeah knowing that everything's okay checking off you know the box of okay yeah. we did this we can get this done and connor and i and i you know don't want to put all men into one box because this is not true but but men typically especially when there's bigger emotions involved need a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. Again, sorry to all the men out there. So that is common. You yeah. do see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like 90% of the time. <laughs> okay, 90% feels like, yeah. Um, it's a pretty big box. And, and not to say that, you know, men aren't aware or capable of expressing their emotions. Sometimes it just takes them a little bit longer to get to, Yeah. oh, here's what I'm feeling actually. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the, the real primary mm -hmm. emotion. Yeah. And that felt vulnerable to initially come with that. So I kind of yeah. come with... Being frustrated is a lot yeah. easier. Yeah, yeah, than for sure. Whatever it may be. So, all right, here's my my spiel, I guess, with this. We have different processing times. The greatest thing that we can offer to our partner is our authentic feelings 
and then respect for theirs, mm -hmm. right? So in this situation, you can come to Connor and say, hey, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed because I feel like we need to get this done and it makes me nervous to feel like we're not getting something turned in that we're supposed to get turned in. It makes me feel flustered and mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with that. I can see you're flustered, you know, and knowing Connor, he probably could say, yes, I'm flustered. I need a yeah. minute, right? He's, 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 he's self-aware, yeah. And, um, you know, then we say, what, what do you need right now? Here's what I need. What do you need right yeah. now? Right? And then I know for you, the fear comes up of, oh, I need a break. Uh -huh. And then we never come back to it. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. That's, that's, that's what you're actually scared of. Yes, I am. And so that's when you guys make a decision. Hey, okay, take the time that you need to process, but tell me when we're talking about this. Like, yes. I won't put the deadline on it. You tell me when we can yes, come back yes, and talk yes. to this. Because to me, that feels like safety and security of like, yes. I, we're not going to sweep it under the rug. Like, I'm not yes. avoiding it, avoiding you. I just have to learn the patience and the trust to respect totally. that time. And he has to commit, which to his credit, the, the moral of the story is we did realize that he doesn't have the mental capacity to do that after a work day. And yeah. he said, 25 minutes later when we talked about it, it's not that I don't want to do this with you. It's not that I'm upset with you. He's like, but when right. we have these things, I can't give you my best if it's after work. And let's just schedule a time at 3.30 to do it. And 100%. I was like, resolution girl is pumped. This is all I wanted 20 minutes 100%. ago. But he needed 20 minutes to get there to calmly say, okay, this has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. I'm tapped out. And to give you my best in this sort of scenario, we've got to schedule it in my work day. I love him. I'm so proud of him. I know. I love Truly. him too. I mean, it did the self-awareness to say, you know what? I actually don't think I can do this after work. Yeah. And it, it takes people a while to mm -hmm. realize this kind of stuff, yes, right? It does. Like I think it took Brendan and I like five years to realize that we don't need to have conversations <laughs> late at night because we're tired oh, and cranky. Oh gosh, yes, I you know. know. So not on Friday afternoon. No, like no. I feel like no. timing is everything. You know, timing Allison says is timing is everything. everything. Um, but I just I hope that's encouraging to people who, if you are the person who needs space, or if you're the person who needs the resolution, not again to put two separate boxes, two separate camps. Right. But it's to validate it's really hard to wait when what you want is resolution. And it's also not going to do anything but make the outcome worse if I try to push him to get there before right. he can get there. You're pushing his process each time. Yes. And I think that I have um, in the past historically pushed too hard for resolution to the detriment of restoring I guess is the right word. Repairing. Repairing. And, repairing. And, okay, yeah. so we actually did a practice run of this podcast because I don't do a lot of podcasts <laughs> um, a while ago. And we were just kind of talking after and we talked about the difference in restoration yeah, yeah. versus repair mm -hmm. or resolve. That's why I think it was resolve yeah. versus repair. And it, it has stuck with me ever since mm -hmm. that we have to be really mindful when we go into conversations with our partners or our friends or our parents or kids, whoever that mm -hmm. may be, what are we actually looking for? Yeah. Like what does resolve yeah. actually mean? What does a resolution actually mean? Cause it may be different, yeah. right? Like his resolution may be different from yours. At the end of the day, what grows a marriage, what grows a relationship is repair. Mm -hmm. Hey, I came at this really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's here's what I was something actually, I've never had to say. <laughs> never. <laughs> me either. I ask very gentle <laughs> questions. <laughs> Oh gosh. That's why we're friends. Uh, yeah. Um and yeah, it's we have to 
what are we actually looking for here? Because yeah. repair is what grows the marriage. Finding resolutions. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, yes, it's great if you can yeah. find resolutions to things. But um, repair is like, hey, I'm owning my role mm -hmm. and I'm respecting your emotions and your process time. Yeah. And we're going to work through this together based yeah. on the emotions that we know we're both feeling. Yeah. And I think I love the way that you have said, you know, ask the question, what do you need? Mm. And I think underneath it, even though I want a resolution, what I need is safety and security that this isn't going to break us. Yeah. And also it's not going to haunt us forever, but we don't have to fix it in one fell swoop, yes. you know? Yes. And so that's why I think this conversation is really important um, because I think at least I don't want to say people, but I, I have that perspective of like, why can't we just fix this once? And it's just like, that's so untrue. And like, well, of course we want it though. And you're just, you're go some things are going to be Takes time. a recurring point of conflict yes. because you're different people and you process differently at different times. And so to, to switch that mindset of, okay, I'm glad we got that. Like, I'm glad we got that conclusion that we need to do it during work hours. But the yeah. bottom line is we came back together. We enjoyed dinner together. We had night together, a good night together. Like we were repaired where it right. could have just been huffy and hostile for no reason at all. Right. So I think that's kind of what I was experiencing with the different processing times. The last thing I kind of want to chat through is how do we know, how do we be aware of ourselves, of our partners, our close friends, our siblings, whatever, <clears throat> when we use this this processing time either to avoid or to like overly vent or share with people mm. that don't need, like to be in an echo chamber. Like yeah. I think some people are like, oh, I just yeah. need to process this with you. And you're looking for someone to put fuel on your fire and that is it's, never gonna help. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's one of the most toxic things that we can get caught up in because it feels good. Yeah, of course. To have to someone validated, validate that yeah. you're feeling. And so, you know, I would say for the most part, we probably know deep down who our safe people are, mm. right? Not everyone is safe. No. By any means. Brene Brown says, if you have one person that you feel safe, that you can fully let your guard down and talk to, you are doing well in yeah. life. Yeah. You know, like just one. So we know who's going to be honest with us, give us authentic feedback and validate us, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we want the combination of yeah, all of, of it. Like, I hear you, that makes sense. I get that you're sad. Yeah. And you can't act like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's a good friend. Yes, you need the call out too. Yes. I think that's what I would like. And definitely you know the people who, and everyone's, I don't want to say be on your side, but people who love you are going to be supportive of you and try to like right. understand where you're coming from right. and why it's, it's hurting you. But if you have the person who never gives you the call out, like maybe check to find another safe yeah person. yeah check in with that because right? it's not gonna help you in right. any way in the long run as iron sharpens iron and then i guess if say the shoes on the other foot like you're whoever you're in a conflict with seems to be using the processing to avoid like how's a kind way to kind of call that out yeah so you know it, i'm gonna talk more about your spouse because we can't necessarily make everyone show up right? right like there are close friends that we can say hey i'm feeling hurt because i feel like you're avoiding what I'm saying. Yes. We can only do so much. Um, other than I always say, just tell people how you feel. Yeah. Right. And process before. Mm -hmm. Come at 
come to them with what you're feeling, not anything that you want to accuse them of. Yeah. I'm feeling like you're avoiding what I'm trying to say. I feel like you're going away. It's making me feel scared or hurt or whatever that is. But yes, we're going to encounter these people. We're going to be married to these people. Mm -hmm. And the best thing we can do is, hey, here's what I need. Mm -hmm. It seems like this is hard for you. Like, what what do you need from me? What would make you feel safe? Yeah. Right? Yes. If at some point your partner is avoiding you, I mean, is avoiding Completely. all conflict, yeah. maybe time to, to call bring in someone. a third party. We yeah. maybe need a third party. <laughs> um, but for the most part, when we can break it down, or as a lot of the therapists in my world say, slice it really thin, mm. right? And we make something big come down to something simple of like, at the end of the day, I'm actually really nervous to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. Or this is really intimidating to me. Yeah. Or I'm, this brings up feelings of my childhood. Whatever that is, if we can get to the core of like, what what's happening for you when we yeah. talk about this? Yeah. Like what makes you feel the need to go away? Yeah. And again, I'm not saying everyone's gonna be able to answer that. Those are right. big questions. Right. But it's a gentle approach right. versus you're just not doing this even though we put it on it. Like it's not accusatory. It's ge if you're genuine, right. you're asking like I it's clear this is not a thing that you feel comfortable doing. Like how can we make this better? Right. I'm telling you a need I just have. Sets the table so yes. much more generously yes. to like actually get somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cuz you're coming at it vulnerably. Yeah. Like you're soft. Yeah, and I like what did you say? Keep slice it thin. What did Yeah, we slice it thin. To like little pieces that we can eat. Yeah. I just finished a book with a guy we're going to have on here that's really awesome. He's a neurosurgeon and oh, he cool. also lost his 19-year-old son like a decade oh, ago. So he's gosh. like coming at grief and hope and healing literally neurologically and scripturally and experientially. It's really awesome. I can't wait to talk oh, to I him. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Um, and something he kept saying throughout the book that one of his mentors, surgical mentors, always said to them was don't make everything an operation. Like – don't think of it as a six-hour operation. Yeah. Think of it as one specific task at a time. I love that. I thought that was so cool. I love that. I don't know. It's like totally on theme of what we're talking about, but the thin, slice it thin. That's right. what kind of made me think about it. And like, you know, they tell you, you know, marriage counseling, whatever, like don't bring in never and always. Like uh, don't yes. make it about a situation that happened three days ago. Like slice it thin. What's the task at hand? What's making you unwilling or... What are you actually feeling to bring to it? Yeah. And what am I? And let's let's repair. And yes. then if we can get a resolution, cherry on top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes the resolution is just, wow, I understand you so much better. Right. I get where you're coming from. And that helps me to have empathy. Yeah. Like that's a and beautiful that's really cool. resolve. Yeah. Yeah. That makes the night end well, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Very cuddly. Yes. <laughs> that is it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I... I think this is fun. I hope. Oh, I'm pumped for this. Everybody enjoys this. There's, you know, no fancy sign off. I think I just want to sit down with you on occasion and like share what's going on and get yeah. your insight because I know it's it's stuff, good and bad, that everybody else is going through. And so to have somebody, to have my safe person who also has the credentials and training that you have, I think is obviously something I always take advantage of. But please, do. I wanted everybody else to get to take advantage of it too. Well, so, so everyone knows Maddie is also my unpaid therapist. So. It goes both ways. It's a, it's a burden and an honor, but <laughs> as an Enneagram 3 who loves to be the best at everything, yeah. to be a therapist to a therapist, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're my safe place. <laughs> Love you, sister. Love you.